Hello and welcome on into Moving the Chains, the Northwestern and also Greater College Football Podcast. This is episode nine. We have a good one uh, set up for you guys. I'm Amit Malik, as always, joined by Sam Brief, our sports director. Happy to have you, Sam, as always. And for the first time, we're joined by first-year student Dan Rosenzweig-Ziff. Dan, how are you doing? Also, I'm personally just happy I got your name right, but... I'm, I'm also very happy you got my name right. I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm excited for the first podcast. For some background, I did not think you were going to get his name right. Yeah, I so probably, I'm, probably... I'm, I'm swelling with pride right now that, that you actually nailed that. Thanks, Sam. Always, I'm glad you, you had faith in me. Uh, let's get it started, y'all. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Northwestern, a very good, in a weird game, a good performance, a 17-10 overtime win over Iowa. They're playing number 16 Michigan State this weekend. Uh, a decent weekend of the Big Ten, and a lot of good national games this weekend, so a lot to talk about. Let's start with this Northwestern-Iowa game. Northwestern, a very slow, defensive Big Ten classic battle. Uh, played for overtime and then won in overtime. Justin Jackson with the play of the game. What were your big takeaways each from from a very good win for Northwestern's perspective, their best win of the season? Well, as you would say, Amit, the Cats did in fact grind out a tough conference victory <laughs> behind a dominant run game and a defense up to the task. I think that Couldn't pretty, have said much, it better. Couldn't pretty have much said summarizes better. Yeah, yeah. the pretty much summarizes the game as you prophetically wrote in your prediction on WNURSports.com, but. Justin Jackson looked revitalized in this game. Obviously, the highlight was that overtime screen pass where he turned what could have been pretty much a stuff at the line of scrimmage into almost a touchdown. Um, but they really fed him more than they have in recent weeks. 25 carries, 93 yards. He looked solid. Uh, Clayton Thorson also got out and ran a little bit, which I always like to see. Um, but the defense, for me, was the story of this game. They really shut down Iowa. Not that Iowa is an incredible offensive team, not that it's that hard to shut down Iowa, but I was just really impressed with how they had Iowa bottled up. Yeah, I think for me, I agree with all of that, um, and like definitely a great defensive showing um, to get back on track after a few tough weeks uh, before Maryland. For me, one thing I really learned is Fitz's confidence in this offense. Offense is just abysmal. Not going, not going for it before overtime. Mm-hmm. You know, you got less than a minute left. You, you try, like, what do you have to lose? But he, he had confidence in his defense. Um, but a minute and a half, two timeouts, yeah. ball to 25. Like, I if think you, you at least throw the ball downfield once or twice. Yeah. I think Fitz was overly concerned with the wind. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah he talked about that in the press conference. But um, also Clayton Thorson, you know, he, he said he didn't notice the wind until... Yeah, that call was made. When, when Clayton was asked about it, he seemed like kind of a bit upset that Fitz didn't let him in the offense yeah. try for it. But he obviously is not going to come out and say, like, I don't trust my coach. He has to do what the game plan is. Um, let's talk about, about that offense. What did you see from these guys? How far have they come this season? That's the big question for me. And what do they still have left to do? Because it's been the problem unit so far, and scoring 17 points isn't usually going to be enough. I, I thought they were good enough. I mean, this is not an explosive offense. I mean, they had 10 points in regulation. It was good enough to win. Um, it was miles ahead of what we saw in the Duke game, miles ahead of what we saw in the Penn State game, where you just had no faith that they could get the ball downfield. Northwestern, we know, wins games when they feed Justin Jackson, and they certainly fed him in this game with 25 carries. 
a lot of the losses we see, like that Duke game, that Penn State <coughs> game, he's getting between 8 and 15 carries. That's just not enough for a guy who is now the best running back in Northwestern history, and we can say that with statistical confidence. So what I learned is just that they have to continue to feed Justin Jackson, but that there there are still limits. Clayton Thorson still got sacked three times. They still didn't really get the ball downfield, but the defense played well enough to where Northwestern still <laughs> could win the game. Right. I mean, as you've seen the past few years, like Northwestern is built on its defense, um, and the offense just has to score enough points to, to get the W. Um, I think one big thing to, to open up the running game a little bit more for Justin Jackson is to try and throw the, the, the ball downfield a little bit more. They're averaging like five, around five yards per attempt for passing, which is just, they're just going to like it's put bad. eight in the box and, yeah. and stuff the run because they know that's what, yeah. we get, what we do. Another thing that Fitz talked about was the separation of his receivers. Uh, he was in reference more to Iowa's physicality, but I don't think the receivers have also done Clay Dorsett any favors. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and part of that is just they don't have a one stud receiver. Something I've noticed in a lot of these games is a distribution of who the ball is going to, which in one way is really good because it means you're keeping the defense on the toes. They can't just key in on Austin Carr the entire game. Macon Wilson's seen a lot of action. Skoranek has. Dickerson in the passing game. They've worked in Cam Green with Dickerson kind of in and out with some injuries. (coughs) Um, But it also means they don't have one guy that they can consistently turn to. And last year... Frankly, we saw Northwestern throw the ball downfield a lot more. I'm thinking to the Iowa game last year in Iowa City. I'm thinking to the Michigan State game last year where they put up 54 points. I mean, Thorson was slinging the ball all over the field in that game, um, and a lot of that was just because Austin Carr by then had established himself as the best receiver in the Big Ten. Defense is keyed on him, and that opened up the entire field. This year, like you said, Dan, they're seeing a lot of stack boxes. Yeah, and one way you can look, you can look to the end of... Uh of overtime when um, Justin Jackson had that, that long catch, maybe you get him more involved. He had five catches. Uh, maybe you look for him more in the passing game. Sort of a Matt Forte-type running back. <coughs> I, I see a little more potential with him. Um, I, think, I think the offense can, and this is something we've seen under Mick McCall a lot, is staying with the traditional. You know, you run, you, pass, you, you, know, you run on early downs, you pass on the later downs, you throw to the wide receivers and the super back. But a little more of the Thorson QB runs is something I've always liked to see to open up the offense. I mean, you've got a big quarterback who's fast. Why not? Why not incorporate Justin Jackson in the passing game more? I think breaking, breaking some of those traditional molds, being a little more abstract with the offensive game plan would do Northwestern's offense a big service. Certainly be something for them to watch against a very talented Michigan State defense. Flipping the side of the ball, both of you guys mentioned that the defense has been really good so far. Again, Iowa, maybe you said it, Sam, wasn't that hard to stop. What has impressed you about the defense so far, not just against Iowa, but this, this whole season? Sam, why do you take this? Yeah, I mean, the, the defense was solid. Well, one of the guys who stood out to me the most was Joe Gaziano. He's been really good in we- recent weeks. Um, he, he had two sacks against Iowa. And this isn't really an explosive Iowa team. I mean, their, their only touchdown came after, <coughs> right after that 61-yard pass downfield from Stanley so take away that pass and this could have been a 10-3 win for Northwestern in regulation so the defense just did a really good job it felt kind of like a a bend don't break type of defense that's really coach speak and I hate to bring that coach speak into the podcast but that was the case I mean it's not like Iowa 
didn't have first, an offense. First two drives of the game, Iowa had like seventeen plays across the fifty. Yeah, zero points. Yeah, I mean they were they they were moving the ball effectively. I mean Wadley almost had a hundred yards rushing. Stanley still got two hundred twenty three. Um, it's not like Iowa was just completely anemic. They had an offense, but Northwestern just kept them out of the end zone. And the lone exception to that is when Iowa just has kind of a fluky 61-yard pass and they're at, like, the 10-yard line. So I was so impressed with the defense. If Michigan State, kind of similar to Iowa in the sense that they're not a great offensive team. So I think the defense can take a lot of those principles from Iowa, apply them to Michigan State, and maybe have a little bit of success. I'll ask you guys quickly here before we start looking at next week. You know, the win is, is a good one for Northwestern. They moved to 4-3, and three, now 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. What can they expect from the rest of their season? Where should their expectations be come postseason time? The rest of their schedule is, you know, softened up a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a, they have a good chance against Michigan State. If you look at Michigan State's schedule, they only have a couple big wins, um, and I think Northwestern can use some momentum in its past two games to to try and uh, capitalize on that. Um, and then you look down the road, and you're looking at um, Nebraska, Purdue, Minnesota, and Illinois, all teams that uh, currently are sitting right around where they are in the Big, in the big Ten West, if not below them. Um, I think they have a realistic shot at winning out and finishing second in the Big I, Ten West. I think it's fair to say, right? <clears throat> it's certainly on the table. And, you know, it doesn't look like Wisconsin's going to slip up, but you never know. I, okay, I should say that. Wisconsin's not going to slip up. But well, second, be twelve and zero. Yeah, but yeah. second in the Big Ten is certainly a yeah. certainly no, on the table. Totally, totally. I mean, and just playing with the numbers. Yeah. Let's say they lose to Michigan State, which, according to the odds, would be the likely scenario. That game's close to a toss-up. Yeah. But just just going with the traditional pick. Sure. Um, but chalk that up as a loss. They're four and four. They're going to be favored in these and, last and four every games. every last four games. You get to eight yeah. and four. Eight and four. I mean, that's that's what they were <coughs> last year. Yeah, I think Northwestern can get a solid bowl game. I think if Northwestern, though, does beat Michigan State, wins out, I think by the end of the season, Northwestern could climb into that, that top, 25 top 25 at the I end. I think so, yeah. I mean, yeah. So they a 9-3 and three team with a win over Michigan State. Yeah. It's not, that, that's a top 25 team, probably. Yeah. They're not, I mean, they're, they're not going to win the Big Ten West. Yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. their toughest game for the rest of the year is a home game <coughs> against a Michigan team that is now that's totally struggling. beatable. So, yeah. I expect Wisconsin to be 12-0 and 0 and possibly make the college football playoff, so I think there's no contending there, but 9-3 and and a win over a 16th-ranked Michigan State team is a good season. Let's talk about this Michigan State game. Uh, The Spartans, number 16 in the country. As you said, Dan, not that many impressive wins, especially their win over Michigan looking worse and (laughs) worse. Uh, The one loss to a, and now we found out, a very good Notre Dame team, um, what is the true talent level of this Spartan team? Are they overrated at 16? I, I personally think they are. I mean, if you look at just their, their stat, the passing yards, rushing yards per game, they're you know 50th in rushing yards, 95th in passing yards. That, that doesn't sound like a top 25 team. And then they're 108th in, in points a game. Like Their offense is not that. Obviously, their defense is what's carried them. Um, 14th best in the nation and, and points against. And that's going to really hurt our offense this this Saturday. Um, but, I don't know, you look at Michigan as the only big win and a big loss in Notre Dame. And the thing about that Michigan game is they had the lead when the rainstorm totally took over. Yeah. And I don't know if you or Henry has said this before, 
whoever had the lead at the time of that storm was going to win the game. No one scored after that. Yeah, I mean, it was... <laughs> it, like, wasn't a real football game. It was an that. abbreviated. It was, like, canceled yeah. short. Yeah, yeah. It, it just felt weird. I was like, what am I watching? Yeah. And Michigan State was just fortunate to have come out to a good start. Um, I mean, their last... I'm looking now at their last... These are their last, I think it's 10, 10 to 12 drives of the game. Punt, 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 punt. Turnover on downs. Punt, punt. <coughs> they got one first down in the second half. Michigan turned the ball over five times. It was raining harder than I've ever seen outside of the state of Florida. I mean, it was just like a weird football game, and Michigan's not even that good. So not not a great win for Michigan State. It, it, it's This is a predictable team, I think. They run the ball well. They have L.J. Scott. That's that's the strength of their offense. Brian Lewerke hasn't developed as quickly as D'Antonio would have hoped. He was really highly touted coming in as the starter this year. He just looks shaky at that position right now. But L.J. Scott's good. Northwestern's going to have to contain him. He's one of the best running backs in the Big Ten. Um, hopefully he gets his driver's license situation figured out before the game. I know he's been arrested like seven times because of his driver's license issues. Right. Um but yeah, the the biggest concern with Michigan State is this is a really good defense and prob maybe the best defense Northwestern has faced this year. You well, could Wisconsin argue Wisconsin's defense was better. pretty good, little yeah. banged up. Yeah. Iowa without Josie Jewell, yeah. I think certainly exactly. this Michigan State defense they're, might they're be a little better. They're on par. Michigan State's not miles ahead of either of those teams, and you can make the case that Wisconsin's better defensively. So it, this isn't something Northwestern hasn't seen before. Michigan State also one of the leaders in the Big Ten in time of possession, so it's kind of like this Wisconsin-Iowa type of team yeah. that's just going to grind it out, keep the ball, and you just got to play that kind of game. This might be a I think it's going to be very similar to what we yeah. just saw yeah. uh, against Iowa. Um, Dan, I'll ask you, Michigan State's offense, again, you mentioned those stats. You mentioned working, not developing. Does Northwestern's defense have the edge in that matchup? I think it does, yeah. Um, I mean... There's not much to limit. You, you you key on the quarterback and the running back and 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 Brian Lewerke, he he actually runs a lot. He he's got um, the longest. He actually has the longest run of the year for Michigan State, six, sixty yards, sixty one yards. Um, a little Matt Alvidi in him. Yeah, I see. <laughs> Matt Alvidi has had a sixty eight yard run garbage yeah. time. Yeah. It was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we've been talking about, Northwestern's defense has has been on of late, and I don't think Michigan State has the the capacity to really overcome that. I think it'll be a good game for the linebackers to keep stepping up because of, as you mentioned, Dan, they're going to run the ball a lot. Patty Fisher and Nate Hall have been really good. They have been. I mean, Fisher's really stepped up especially. Yeah. He's still the team's leading tackler. That was the biggest void. I mean, you could argue Austin Carr, but Anthony Walker leaving. Who's your new middle linebacker? Who's going to be the new captain of that defense? And as a redshirt freshman, he's totally stepped up um he's been awesome nate hall <coughs> really an opportunistic linebacker uh pretty sure he leads the team in tackles for loss you see him in the backfield a lot and that's gonna be huge against a team that has a shaky quarterback no really great receivers and then a really big physical big 10 running back so yeah. they're gonna be challenged i agree also the inside of that defensive line tyler lancaster he's gonna be huge at just plugging up those rushing holes flip side of the ball Northwestern offense struggled a bit, but does have some playmakers. Obviously, Michigan State's defense is their calling card. Can Northwestern offense do enough uh, uh, with the ball to, to get enough points for the win? You look at uh, at Michigan State's uh, one of their best linebackers and uh, Joe Bocci. 
Um, and, you know, last week he had 13, 13 tackles, a sack, forced fumble, one and a half tackles for a loss. He had an interception against Michigan, uh, Big Ten honors this past week. It's going to be a very interesting matchup, him versus Justin Jackson in, in the running game. Um, but Michigan State's defense is, is very, very good. Yeah, Bocce's, Bocce's legit. And, uh, I mean, he leads the team in tackles by 15. <coughs> They've got a rush defense that gives up only 93 yards a game. Pass defense gives up 168 yards a game. This is a big challenge yeah. for Clayton Thorson uh, and, and Justin Jackson. I think offensively, your strategy's got to be kind of what you did last week in yeah. feeding Justin Jackson because the other side of it is you want to keep the clock moving. You want to keep your defense off the field. Michigan State loves to possess the ball. An ideal game for them would be just that sort of grinded out victory where they've got the ball almost the entire game. And a quick way for Northwestern to play into that would be to throw the ball too much. So I think you just want to feed Justin Jackson offensively. Dan will ask you uh, what your prediction is. Sam is on the call, so he doesn't get to participate And I Never give my predictions other than my 31-20 prediction, which will happen on Saturday. But, Dan, what's what's your prediction for how this game goes down? Um, I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a very, very low-scoring game, very similar to this past week in Iowa. Um, I think Michigan State is going to pull ahead, though. I think 14-10. Um, again, not many <coughs> touchdowns, not the most offensive game, but Michigan State's got the edge. does seem like they are favored to win. We'll see what happens. It uh, should be a good game either way. I think everyone kind of is getting the feeling, though, it's going to be another low-score game. Uh, Temperature-wise, it's not supposed to be good, What's good it weather. What's going to be? It's supposed to be mid-40s, maybe a bit rainy. Mm. Could could be exactly the type of game yes. that lends itself to, to Sounds these Sounds like styles. a defensive battle. Good thing, good thing the press box is indoors. Yeah. I will be would covered. It, wouldn't want to be outside. That's, that's all yeah. I need to hear. Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up for the Northwestern football talk. Uh, let's move on to the rest of the Big Ten. We had a so-called marquee matchup between Michigan and Penn State, but it turns out that Penn State is really, really good and that Michigan is not so good. What did we learn from the last week of the Big Ten and specifically about, about that game? So earlier that day, I was, I was listening to some of the Colin Coward show. I forgot who the guy he had on was, but it was a so-called college football expert, and he went on and on about how Michigan is not only going to win this game, but they're going to dominate. He was like, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan blows Penn State out. And I was just kind of like, oh, like, I think Penn State's going to win, but maybe he's got a point. We'll see. And he most certainly <coughs> did not have a point. Yeah. Saquon Barkley it was one of the first plays of the game that wild, from the Wildcat. Um, I, I, I think it like was I the say, first. I so rarely see Wildcat plays work out well. Um, and that time he took it 60-something yards to the house. He, he's just way too good. And I think we also learned that Michigan – People kind of had a similar perception of them as people do with Michigan, a team like Michigan State, where it's like, oh, you know, John O'Corn's not that good of a passer. The offense isn't there, but they've got such a good defense. Well, they give up 42 yards, uh, 42 points, way more than 42 yards. So Michigan just is not that good. Yeah, I think if anything from this game, we learned a lot more about Penn State and how far they can go this year. I mean, like you said, Michigan's defense is very good, 18.6 points a game, and, and Penn State goes out and scores 42 on them. And Saquon Barkley is, is in another planet right now. He's going off, um, and I will see this week with Penn State, big matchup on Saturday with Ohio State. Uh, but I think we learned a lot that like Penn State's got a real shot at the college football playoff. Yeah, I think there's not a lot to go from last week's scores. I think the only thing of note, 
Rutgers getting a bit of a nice win over Purdue, 14-12. Hey, congrats to Rutgers. Any win for them is a good one. <laughs> back-to-back Big Ten wins. Back-to-back Big Ten wins, first time uh, since they've joined the Big Ten. I think no other results were surprising that we saw. Everything else went as planned. Maybe Northwestern's win over Iowa was surprising to neutrals. But that about that about does it for last week. I'm really excited about this week's slate. And it starts, number one, the whole thing comes down to Ohio State-Penn State. Ohio State has lost to Oklahoma this season, but they need to win this to keep their college football playoff hopes alive. And Penn State, as you said, Dan, right now I think a front runner to be in the playoff. One of the best teams in the country. This is a titanic matchup, guys. Oh, it's going to be Sweet awesome. Team. I was... I was a little upset when I saw it's going to be a two thirty kickoff. Right when we are the World yeah. Series, because this game is on Fox, not ESPN. Yeah. So Fox has the World Series at night. So two thirty. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be doing the Michigan State game. I'm not even going to be able to watch this game, but I'm sure it'll be entertaining. <coughs> I mean, these are two high flying offenses. Seeing JT Barrett on one side and Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley on the other side is going to be fun. You've got the story written in about how Penn State. Beat Ohio State last year, which kind of rejuvenated—not rejuvenated, but gave them life. Because before oh, yeah. that game, no one was thinking as Penn State as one of the best teams in the country. They lost what forty-nine ten to Michigan. I yeah, mean, this was not lost, even on my radar. They lost to Pitt. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the season, we're going to be looking back at this game, and and we'll see the winner of this game probably in the College Football Playoff, not in the national championship. You're seeing the best offense in the nation in Ohio State take on the best defense in terms of points allowed and points for in Penn State. Um, and I don't know, that's that's like what you want to see, the best yeah. of the best going up against each other. How do you guys think this game is going to go? I know Ohio State's at home. They're six-point favorites. Penn State has, has always started well in first quarters. Ohio State didn't look good at the beginning of their season opener against Indiana. Didn't look great against Oklahoma, per se. I mean, they lost. What's this going to look like? I think it's going to be a pretty offensively focused game. You've got a lot of stars <coughs> on both sides of the football. These two teams like to score points. I mean, Penn State just put up 42 against a team that objectively has a good defense. Ohio State, we know, can put up numbers in bunches. Since the Oklahoma game, their level of competition has been so strong. But, I mean, JT Barrett scores like six touchdowns a game. I mean, this is a good offense. A lot of the times you get surprised with games like this where you think it's going to be like 56-49 and then it's then the score is like in the teens. But I I would predict this to be an offensive explosion. A little surprised Ohio State is favored by six and a half. Very surprised. That seems I'm not saying Ohio State's not gonna win the game, but six and a half is a lot of points against the number two team in the country. Yeah, Penn State has a lot more quality wins and like you were saying, Ohio State hasn't had a real quality win. I, I don't even see them beating I, they haven't beaten a, a ranked opponent this year. They lost to Oklahoma. Um so I, I don't know. Penn State. Penn State is much more battle tested, um, and you wonder how that spread happens <coughs> when Penn State has proven week in week out that like they can hang with top twenty five teams. Um, I would actually, I would actually venture to say that it's going to be one of those games in the teens because of the the high powered defenses that are going to face off against mm-hmm. each other. And not to use another coach saying, but defense win championships, and this is when you got to step up with your defense. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of defense on the field on Saturday. It'll be really interesting to see how it goes. I was impressed by Penn State's defense, having seen them in person. Their secondary is, is the best in the country. Uh, not really close. Um, there's not a lot of other good games this week, guys. I want to ask, in lieu of talking about them, 
I want to ask you guys both about Wisconsin. Uh, I know Sam is always happy to talk about Wisconsin. What do they have to do to get in the college football playoff? I know we're kind of shifting the national stage. Still in the Big Ten here, though, with the Badgers. Well, uh, you know, I'm always happy to talk about Wisconsin, so thanks for bringing that up. Um, they're just going to have to win the Big Ten championship game. I, if they if they lose expect- if they lose that and they're a one loss team, this is the real big question. For yeah. Them. If they lose the Big Ten championship, they go to that undefeated. They lose. They have one loss. Are they real? Is that really going to preclude them from the, the the national playoff? I think with the way it works today, I think it might. Wow. I the, think, the recency effect is huge. Yeah. 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 Because you look at the beginning of the season. If you look at like recent college football playoffs, like they completely forget about it when they're when they're figuring that out and. They really look at those last like four or five <coughs> games, the the conference championships, and Wisconsin's going to be playing a Penn State and Ohio State, something that's going to really test them. And if they don't get that win, it's going to be hard for them to make the college football playoff. I think their their schedule hasn't done them any favors. No, no it hasn't. I mean, this is an easy schedule. The hardest game, the only tough game on their schedule is Michigan and like we're saying we keep kind of discounting Michigan they might be better than we're perceiving them to be right now just (coughs) because they lost by so much at Penn State but yeah their schedule's not doing them any favors and we know the committee doesn't necessarily like teams that don't have good schedules this Wisconsin team reminds me just in terms of the resume of that 12-0 Iowa team from two years ago where they were 12-0 they played Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship game. It was a really close game. Michigan State won, I think it was 13-9 or 13-10. Yeah. And that Iowa was, was out. Iowa. And Michigan State was in. It was pretty much a playing game to get yeah, blown out yeah. by Alabama. <laughs> but, and it, it's unfortunate for Wisconsin because I think this team is a lot better than that Iowa team from two years ago. That Iowa team was just kind of an efficient team that had a lucky, good schedule. This Wisconsin team is really good. I mean, Jonathan Taylor... <laughs> is one of the best running backs in the country right now. They have one of the best defenses in the country. Alex Hornibrook has taken a big step forward in terms of his pass efficiency. So this is a Wisconsin team that is good enough to be in the college football playoff, but I'm afraid that if they don't win that Big Ten championship game, they're probably out. I'll ask you guys the flip side. Uh, If Ohio, the flip side of the conference, if Ohio State loses, they're probably staring really long odds to get the college football playoff. But if Penn State loses to Ohio State, both of those teams have one loss. Could the team that doesn't get to play in the Big Ten Championship game still make the college football playoff with just one loss? I think it depends on what happens in the rest of, of college football. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, that's, at, that's obviously the right, most fair answer. Yeah, 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 but I mean, you're looking at, right, like Al- Alabama is pretty much chewing. Um, but I think the most interesting thing right now is Notre Dame and what they're going to do. Um, they, they've really surprised a lot of people. They weren't in the top 25 going into the preseason. Um, and if they can continue to roll, I'm looking at November 11th against Miami. It's a big a huge game. huge game. It's a big game. Um, and that could really be a, a big deciding factor in if another one-loss team makes it. Um, in terms of Penn State, if they're not in the Big Ten Championship, uh, it seems pretty hard to make the college football playoff. I don't know if that's happened before, uh, where a team not in, the, in a conference championship in the Power Five has made it. It was. Just, it's. We, I think I we think had a it, similar debate it, last year with yeah. Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Yeah. Although the only difference was Michigan had the two losses. Yeah. Um, so it that could was be tough easy. because every once in a while you have two really good teams that are in the same division of a right. conference, mm-hmm. and the problem is 
they only one can play in the championship game. So like, if you don't get there, you're kind of cooked. Even if you might be better than the, you know, a winner of another conference. So it's tough. We're gonna watch that one. Let's roll on to the national stage here. Uh, most of the games at the top in the top twenty-five went about as expected. USC, however, mm. uh, looking really bad. Notre Dame looking really good. Who benefited the most last week, and obviously specifically talking about this game, is Notre Dame for real? Yeah, as Dan said, Notre Dame is for real. USC, obviously, not as good as we thought. I was off of the Sam Darnold Harp yeah. hype train. <laughs> I don't know why. Sam Darnold was so highly regarded at the beginning of the season. I get it. He was great at the end of the last year. The Rose Bowl was a great game. Darnold was awesome, but... I mean, the people in Jets jerseys wearing Darnold, Browns jerseys wearing Darnold. I mean, this guy was unproven, and <coughs> now it's showing up. I mean, he th- throws multiple interceptions every week. USC is not a legit college football playoff contender. That's been established by And now. I think the, the Pac-12 yeah. is in trouble. Yeah, because Washington State slipped will, up. Will, does, does the Pac-12 have a viable chance at getting a team in the college football playoff? I'm not sure they do after this mm, week. Yeah, I mean, Washington... Was their best hope, um, but the conference is kind of swallowing. I think they need a, they would need a lot of help from yeah. the other conferences other to get a to one go, right? a one win team in. Uh, as of now, looks looks like the Pac twelve will probably be be sitting out. And I also wonder with because I like to think about the human effect on the committee because we have to remember it's the committee at the end of the right. day, at the yeah. end of the day that decides things. So <coughs> if Washington is one of those final teams in contention for a playoff spot. Does the committee maybe just subconsciously take it into account that last year they put Washington in instead of some other good teams and they got blown out by Alabama? Does that kind of just... Is I mean, the Pac-12 as a conference, yeah, it could yeah. just be like the it best be like team in the Pac-12 Washington isn't State. that good. Yeah, exactly. I think ideally you wouldn't have last year in mind, but obviously but they're human. Yeah, like, yeah. They can't control that, so I think you do. Especially if you're going against other one-loss uh, teams that... Maybe don't have that track record. Uh, just looking ahead, let's look at the college football playoff right now. Uh, it feels pretty good about Alabama being in. Then you look at the next three spots. Uh, TCU, I think, has one. They're undefeated in the Big 12. They've been solid. I think I have here Penn State and Wisconsin. Again, the winner. it might be the winner of Penn State, Ohio State. Also in Wisconsin. Those three teams kind of for one spot. Then you have Miami, you have Georgia, because another one-win team. There are a few one-win Dame. teams. Notre Dame is now in the picture. I what do you the, guys have, have in your, your yeah. idea? I, I love the 538 uh, college football playoff um, prediction calculator thing they've got going on. It's great. You can simulate who's going to win or lose, who's going to win out, whatever. According to this simulator, there are 18 teams with above a 1% chance of getting in the playoff. That sounds pretty insignificant, but that just means there's a lot of teams that are contenders. I mean, you've got the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Penn States, Wisconsin, but <coughs> Notre Dame in there. You throw Oklahoma State in there. Miami obviously has a chance. Yeah. O- um, Oklahoma, even, even after losing yeah. to Iowa State. Yeah. NC State's been there. good. NC State has one loss, hypothetically. NC State wins out. They're probably in the playoff. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all these scenarios that can happen right now. I'm rooting for chaos. TCU, they still got to play at Oklahoma. I chalk that up right now as maybe a loss for them um, in a tough game in Norman. So you've obviously got the Big Ten scenario, but the only lock to me right now is Alabama. I think that's fair. Uh, 
can the SEC get can Georgia get in? Uh, I feel like they're gonna have to play Alabama in a in an SEC title game. The SEC is the I think the best conference. If Georgia's undefeated, gets to that, does Georgia have to play Alabama? They, uh, no, no. The rest no, of the schedule is Florida, South Carolina, at Auburn, which could tough be a game, tough, one, tough game. Kentucky, and then Georgia Tech. Yeah, but if you get to that SEC championship, you lose to Alabama. I feel like we've seen this one before. Mm. Where I feel like they get in. Yeah, when you they get lose, in, right? Yeah, they lose you lose Al- the SEC Alabama's championship. Like on another world, yeah. where they're yeah. like they just expect you to lose. I think if it's a close game. If it's oh, an Alabama, that's true. I yeah, think if, it, if it's one of the Nick Saban fifty-six nothing blowouts, I don't think Georgia's losing fifty-six right. nothing to anyone. But Alabama's on another level. Yeah, they are. So I think if this is a even a two-possession game, Georgia's in comfortably just because of how good they've been. That's assuming they beat Auburn on the eleventh. Yeah. But if this is a blowout, the College Football Playoff Committee values like the recency effect. Right. They're not putting in a team that just lost fifty-six nothing <coughs> to anyone. So. I don't think Georgia is necessarily safe, but Alabama's safe. I mean, we know Alabama is going to be the yeah. number one team when it's all said and done. I think that that's fair to say. Do you? What, what do you think, Dan? Do you have any any, any different? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I think it all depends on on how that goes in the SEC championship. Like Sam was saying, Alabama is just put on this pedestal that like. You know, you're given kind of a pass if you lose them by a close amount. You're not. Ex- no one's expecting you to beat Alabama. Um, and and the committee takes that into account. Um, I think it also depends on on what happens in the Big Ten championship. If you have one loss teams versus undefeated teams, <coughs> I, think, I think the end of the season can play out in so many different ways. It's going to be very exciting. Every weekend seems like there's like one huge yeah, matchup. From, from here on out, I think the college football is going to get good. Mm. It's been a, I think from the non-conference to now, it's been a little disappointing. Yeah, uh, I'm excited now. And hey, let's look at this week's games. There's there's a few good ones. Uh, we got Iowa State TCU. Maybe not that good. Iowa State not that good. But hey, they they upset Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They're they're at least ranked now. You got OSU West Virginia Oklahoma State uh, and then Notre Dame, who we think is for real versus a quietly very good North Carolina State team. Always kind of lurking around, not getting a lot of love this year. Uh, let's start with the first one I mentioned: Iowa State TCU. Can the Cyclones do it again and you know get another shock result against? Right now, a team that's rolling at all cylinders. This is going to be a fun game. I mean, not going to be a lot of defense. It's going to be yeah. the opposite of Northwestern Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Iowa State did it twice in a row on the road. You know, beating Oklahoma and Norman. Kansas is like not a real football game. That's like a playing a high school team. What do they have like negative four yards against TCU? Basketball something. And then Texas Tech winning thirty-one thirteen on the road. Now they get to go home. But Kenny Hill's so good. I just, I just don't see, I don't see a Kenny Hill led team with the way he's playing right now, <coughs> and the defense they've got, which is actually really good. Um, losing to a team that's not of the caliber of Oklahoma within the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean T- TCU has has been playing really well lately. I mean they right like you said Kansas maybe doesn't count, but. They they have two wins against top twenty five. The teams. win against West Virginia, very good. Win against Oklahoma State, very good. At Oklahoma State, yeah, by two possessions. Right, so they're they're not just they're not just messing around right now. They <laughs> yeah. they they are on a mission, um, and they have a legitimate shot at the college football playoff because of that. And I think they they take it against Iowa State. I'll ask you about uh, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Both of these teams, kind of lurking in the Big Twelve. Uh, 
Oklahoma State's still a one-loss team. They kind of need this one to keep any playoff hopes alive. Can they get it done on the road against the West Virginia team that's solid, uh, I think, for the Big 12? I think they can. Like you said, West Virginia is solid, but not great. I mean, we, we know Baylor kind of sucks, and West Virginia <laughs> just beat them by two. I mean, even even Kansas, they gave up 30 Yeah, that's points. the one yeah, that really just jumps red, off the page. Of it's just weird. Like, why are you giving up 34 yeah. points to Kansas? I mean, they got negative yardage for most of the game against TCU. Oklahoma State, led by Mason Rudolph, I think wins this game. Not easily, but... <coughs> and it's pretty not, soundly, West Virginia's not that good. And it's not like Oklahoma State doesn't have a good offense. I mean, they're putting up over 580 yards a game. Like, they're they're getting down the field, and if you're giving up that many points to Kansas, <coughs> I, I fear how many points you're giving up to yeah, Oklahoma State. West Virginia is averaging 30, basically 30 points per game allowed. I think it's actually 29. This is going to be another high score one. The Big 12 is just just wild, man. It's, it's, a lot of offense. Yeah, it's just a lot of, a lot of offense. It's Why so are you giving weird. up 34 points to Kansas? There's Kansas no shouldn't Kansas that. shouldn't be doing that. They're basically punting on the concept of a yeah. football team. They're a high school yeah. team, pretty yeah. much. I mean, it's, it's, it's like... It's nuts. Uh, it's, it's shocking to me. Yeah. We know the big game is Penton Ohio State. We talked about it. Last big one, Notre Dame-NC State. Uh, we've said a few times now, Notre Dame is obviously has made us believers... Is is NC State a big enough of a road bump? I don't think so. I think this is just what's going to propel them the rest of the way. I think it'll. You think it'll turn out to be an actually quality win for them then? Yeah, I think it will. Um, I think, you know that. Like I said, they're they're rolling right now, coming off a win against USC. Their only loss of the year is against a Georgia team that's turns out to be really, really good. good, and they lost by one, and. You know, you see this game in Miami on their schedule and, and Stanford at the end of the year. Like, if they can win this game, which it looks like they have a pretty good shot, they're, they're looking at a, a big <coughs> end of the year. I think it's it's also good for Notre Dame that they're at home. Uh, going to North Carolina is always tough. The, the Wolfpack is, for whatever reason, very good at home. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like they play a lot of games in, like, pretty tough weather in, in yeah. North Carolina. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's NC true, but it feels like it's true, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just, it feels like whenever I watch NC State football highlights, yeah. it's like in a monsoon. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. just, maybe that would, would not bode well for Michigan State or for uh, Notre Dame. But, yeah, I mean, this offense is really good. Listen, Josh yeah. Adams was awesome against USC. I think he and this offense roll again. NC State, I mean, they're good. They beat Florida State, but Florida State – isn't that strong this year? They beat Louisville, but Louisville isn't that strong this year. So they have some yeah, wins I that think they're, look good, but yeah, aren't yeah. really if that. You, if you look a little bit deeper at yeah. NC State, maybe that 14 ranking is a little overrated. Maybe they're around 20 or so. And I think Notre Dame might be underrated, considering yeah. their loss is a very good loss and their wins mm-hmm. are looking good. Uh, let's move on to the lock of the week. This is my favorite segment. ADT lock of the week. Lock your house. Lock your pick. <laughs> It's been a good little run here for the station, guys. 4-0 in the last two weeks. Last week we had Noah and Matt, Noah Coffin, Matt McHugh. Both of them were right. Noah had Michigan State, minus 6.5 against Indiana. Swept that one out there at the end, but got it to go. And Matt had Penn State, minus 9.5 against Michigan. We mentioned it earlier. Beat down for the Nittany Lions. Uh, as a station, we are 13-5-1. Again, more look the numbers I want to see from us, because these are locks. So we're, we're doing well here. WR. In case you're wondering, all the bonus picks were right last week as well. You guys don't feel f- like you have to, but if you have any picks you just feel good about, 
Uh, feel free to add them in. Matt had East Carolina over BYU. Good pick. BYU uh, has not covered against the spread this season. Noah had Alabama, Syracuse. He also had Penn State as one of his bonuses. So that worked out for them. Uh, I'll start with you, Dan. What's your lock of the week this week? Um, I'm going with, with Penn State beating Ohio State. you got you got to go big. Austin Miller would be happy. He implored yes. someone to pick this one. Yeah, I mean, you look at Penn State, they're rolling right now, and to think that they can't beat Ohio State and cover the spread, uh, I, I think they got it. I, it's hard for me to imagine, even if they lose, that it'd be by a touchdown, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Sam? I'm going with Arizona plus three over Washington State. And okay. The That's, reason I like that. Well, I, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I, it, <laughs> they're at home, okay. and they've got their they're, best player in college football. They're solid. They're or, solid. You've heard of him, it, but not a household name. Khalil Tate, who is their new quarterback, who has just been lighting it up on Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> it's been it's I been mean, great it's, it's, late it's at night. <laughs> unbelievable, and no one knows about him because the games are on at like one in the morning here. I mean his. In his three starts, he's got 327, 230, and 137 yards rushing. Seven rushing touchdowns, not to mention over 150 passing yards in each game, except for one where he was 148. But they don't pass the ball that much. Khalil Tate's really good, and I know Washington State has a great defense. But I I just... I think I Washington State. State I some something. I think Washington beat USC, and everyone was like, "Oh, Washington yeah. State's so good," and the USC's not that good. And Washington State's they're good, but they're not that good. The only reason I'm worried about this is that three is already a low line. Mm. I think Vegas said, "Oh, Khalil Tate's been balling yeah. out. Let's make this a small line here for Arizona. Let's get some action on Arizona." Washington State wins by just like by. I don't know, one-score game, even yeah. if it's close, that could be do it. But hey, hey, I, it's I, your lock. I, I, think I Arizona, trust you. I think Arizona yeah, you wins. Trust Sam you just think they win outright. I, I, yeah. think, I think Arizona wins this game. Okay, so that's, that's why I'm, I, I like it. I like it. Um, I just, I think Khalil Tate is just too good. And yeah. Washington State, frankly, is, is a much better team at home than on the road. We've, we've seen that this year, and them being so good at home against USC and then getting blown out on the road. Uh, shortly thereafter, just a weird loss that so, one. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. So I, I'm I'm going I'm believing in Khalil Tate here. To he's not going to rush for 330 yards against <coughs> the Washington State team, but I think he'll do enough. Uh, keep an eye on the Pac-12 after dark because I think Arizona gets an upset win. And then my bonus pick. This is not my lock, but I really like Memphis. Okay. Memphis is minus ten and a half at home against Tulane. Tulane is not good. Tulane is not yeah. good. And we just found out that Memphis is good. Yes. Um, I think Vegas responded by making this line, you know, 10. But I don't think that's even enough because right? Tulane, no. Tulane's not that good. Yeah, so this is this is my bonus pick, not my uh, lock. Tulane, too, <laughs> oh, jeez. Tulane, Tulane is a net plus one on the season in terms of points per game versus points allowed per game. Ooh. So they basically rate out yeah. as, like, an average, average, average scoring-wise yeah. team, which in terms of all the top teams in the country, their margins are like 10, 20. This is bad news for Tulane. Yeah, and it's on the road. Night game, Friday night lights in Memphis. I think the Tigers roll. Tulane averages yeah. 120 pass yards a game. 
That's no good. How are you going to score? No bueno. No <laughs> bueno. You're not scoring much. You're not scoring. You need a guy like Khalil Tate for that. Or Mitch <laughs> Trubisky. <laughs> okay. I don't... Let's, hey, man. He threw seven passes. Four for seven. Four for seven. 107 yards, and it was good enough for a two-touchdown victory against a good Carolina team. I'm going to shut up about the Bears because <laughs> you'll get me on a lot of tangents right now. Do you have any bonuses? Yeah. Are you gonna, oh, you do. All right. I'm going to go... I like it. I'm going to go another Big Ten matchup, Minnesota and Iowa. Okay. I'm going to go with, with Minnesota taking that one. Just straight up? Yeah, what? straight up. Okay. They, they're going to bounce I'll, back. I'll take it. I'll take it. This is this is interesting because Iowa, I think most people think are a pretty good team. Most people aren't don't have Minnesota on their radar. Is there a reason why you, you're liking the Gophers? I think Iowa is going to be reeling from last week, from the they, loss to Northwestern. They were reeling from their Penn State loss when they lost to Michigan State. Yeah, and I think that's going to come back to bite them. And Minnesota started, they didn't start the season on a, they started pretty well. And it's been bad since. Um, and I think they're going to get back in the win column. Sounds to me like you're saying that Minnesota is due they, for they, a win. They are due. They are due. Great. I, I just have a quick question. Yeah. Do you have any plans Saturday at 5 o'clock? No. We'll probably be at the Northwestern game. Yeah, like I'll probably still be there. Shortly yeah. thereafter. Yeah, no, no shortly post-game thereafter. plans. Yeah. Texas State, Coastal Carolina, oh, two geez. one and six teams, both oh. winless in the Sun Belt. I know. I I'm highly watch- recommend I'm you watch that. it. That, I, I already that was already on my calendar. Appointment viewing. Party party at my place. Two <laughs> one and six teams. There's nothing better. So post well, post game fun. Make your plans this weekend. Listen to Sam Brief and Henry Demore from Michigan State at two thirty Central Time, and then at five p.m. Big game. Big game. Up. You can turn our broadcast yeah. off. Turn it off if the fun. game's don't, still going. Don't watch Penn State and Ohio State. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, you that's the game you gotta tune into. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. It's been another great episode of Moving the Chains. Uh, we'll be back next week. Again, make sure you tune in. Thanks to Sam Brief. Thanks to Dan Rosenzweig Zip. It's been a, I'm Mid Malik. It's been a great podcast. Tune in next time.